Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to WANK, the weekly AEW news kick. I am your host, as always, or as usual, should I say. I miss, I miss the occasional one. I am Tom Simpson. I'm joined by my friend Patrick. I've just realised I don't know your surname all this time. <laughs> no, you're, don't tell me. Make one up. Make one up. Uh, Patrick uh, Meyer. <laughs> That's too easy. Müller. That's also Müller. too easy. Schmidt. <laughs> Schmidt. I like it. From now on, you are Patrick Schmidt. My good yes. friend Patrick Schmidt. How are you, Patrick Schmidt? Jawohl. I'm quite good. Yes, yes. Wrestle-wise, not so good. And other things also not so good this week. But let's oh, talk sorry, about that, that later. Yeah. We'll get on to that in the catching up section. As we do. Uh, but we are also joined by... Uh, do I still call you the producer? We hired someone else to do all your heavy liftings. Now you're just... Resident Ginger. I was about uh, to say... That was the first time I ever introduced you, as was the Resident Ginger. It's you kind of, still are. It's kind of pointless me being in now, because my only claim to fame on this podcast was I was editor, and now someone else does that. I'm literally just... I'm third wheeling, you guys. I'm not going to lie. I'm well, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to be the one to say it, so it's glad you came to that conclusion <laughs> yourself. It's Jack Griffin. How are you, Jack? Hello. Hello, Tom. Great to be here. It's Saturday night. We're recording. Um, and yeah, it's good. Hopefully, you know, you guys, fingers crossed, hear this tomorrow, I imagine, if we, if our good buddy James, the new editor, is, is quick on the ball, as I'm sure he will be. But yes. He said, it, he said he's going to do it tonight. So, yeah. Brilliant. We, uh, there we go. We can get it up quick and fast for you. Lovely. That'll be a first for you. Hey! <laughs> oh. Patrick, did you get it? Jack said it. Jack nope. said he'd get it up quick. We'd get it up quick and fast. And I said that'll be a first for you. I'm saying Jack can't get an erection. Yeah. <laughs> Schmidt. There we go. Schmidt. Just don't say oh. Schmidt. Schmidt, get with the program, <laughs> Schmidt. Title of your sex tape. That's that's the answer. <laughs> Classic Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, yeah, so how's everybody's week been? Patrick, you said your week hasn't been so good. No. From non-wrestling, no? Yeah, because like our car costed in repairs a fucking lot. And then my football club announced, although they made, made the safe be, not getting relegated, they said they, they're going to fold. Oh, really? So at no least. Way. Yeah, but, but it's just a professional club. Like So in Germany, it's a little different than in UK or in maybe other countries because in Germany, we still have like the majority of the of the club has to own like the LLC of the club, which is the professional part, which is playing in professional leagues. And just this professional club is folding now because the investor who was new just said, no, oh, no, we have to pay that much. I'm out, guys. So, <laughs> And they Jack, never come back. Jack is no stranger to these things, being a Portsmouth yeah. man. Yeah. Now it, it seems bad at the time, Patrick, but trust me, it does get better. Um, you, yeah. You're almost you're almost rebranded Fratton FC, weren't you? Do you remember that? When you, yeah, there was lots were... of um, different names. We we were so close. We were so close, but um. Fortunately... Were you one of those? One, where, didn't you get like sold for a quid? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Um, bought by the fans, and um, but I know German clubs and Patrick. I mean, I know this isn't for podcasts. So we'll keep it brief. But I'm sure. Is it all German clubs like have to be a little bit fan owned? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, so there's that's cool. there's just an excuse uh, for not excuse like a, like a, how do you say exception exception yeah thank you for uh, Wolfsburg which are owned by VW because they are they are built by VW in the fifties Bayer Leverkusen the same uh, because they are like a, like a Bayer, Bayer team just from workers from Bayer this is where they originally launched and Kaltzeiss Jena because Kaltzeiss is doing like optics and, and glass and everything they're also about, done the same so, what about Leipzig yeah. because they're Red Bull this, this is fucking ridiculous so I'm also going to keep it short like I said a club in Germany 
has to be or like like the professional team has to be owned by 50 percent plus one share by the club where everyone can be a member of and then the rest can be done by businessmen so and how does leipzig uh, do the turnaround like the way around to get a club member you need to pay 800 euros to be a club member a normal club has between 80 and 100 euros a year but you need to pay 800 so they're gonna make like yeah a way around that thing so that's not very cool and this is why everyone but leipzig fans hate leipzig But as you say, this isn't a football podcast. It is a wrestling podcast, though we do like to um, we do like to chat about how our week has been and random stuff at the beginning of the podcast because humanizes us, especially Jack who is ginger. So he needs extra humanizing because people are coming from a position of, of fear when they. <laughs> he doesn't have gold, people. He doesn't have gold. I checked it. Does not. <laughs> oh no, that's Irish. Uh, Irish, British, all the same to me. <laughs> Wow. Yes, we have a new listener this week. We do. And I think, I think Are it's we just... going to do this every time? Every time we yeah, get yeah, new... we've got to announce it. We've got to shout them out. We have a um, listener from Ireland. Probably yeah. not the best introduction. Patrick saying, "Let's let's trap them for <laughs> their goal." I have an Irish but... name, so yeah, Pat, there we go. Yeah, he so, does. Welcome, welcome. You are. Why gonna... did you say that like it was a different language? Welcome, welcome, <laughs> people from Ireland. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope you enjoy the podcast, and <laughs> this is your English, special. Though. This is your special. Po uh, This is your special shout out for listening. Thank you for your yes. thank, thank you for you. your support from where we love, listening in Ireland. We love your stout. We love your butter, Kilkenny, Kerrygold, everything. We love Seamus. We love Fifth that you're splitting up your country and doing religious wars. And now he's gone. Now he's cut. Right. Shall we talk about dynamite? If we have to. Yeah, if we have to. Yeah, we're Let's just going to do it. Let's go Some with it. Say, Let's ignite. Yeah, great. <laughs> First up, we had Death Triangle vs. The Young Bucks. We opened with Death Triangle vs. The Young Bucks. I'm going to do as a run-through. That's what I'm going to... I'm, I might start doing that, just doing it at the beginning, and then we can talk about stuff afterwards. So, right off the bat, Kazarian ambushed the Young Bucks at the beginning of the match, uh, just ran out of nowhere and start, started uh, beating down Matt and or Nick. Um, Penta and Pack took to the sky, and this is when I actually got really excited when they uh, one of them did a flip over the ropes, one of them did a tope, and I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, now, you know, the crowd popped, things started... Uh, Started picking up uh, after this match. It was a bit of downhill, but we'll talk about that. Um, Penta rolled through on a move for a nice submission. Uh, Pat goes for the black arrow, but it's avoided. Nick Jackson hits a cheap shot to, I believe, Pack on the outside. A uh, super kick, thrust kick, whatever you want to call it. Um, Matt trolls doing a big move, uh, but then hops down from the turnbuckle and runs around the ring instead uh, for like a clothesline, I think, or something. Uh, Then Brandon Cutler, or the young boy, as Don is calling him on commentary, he's our young boy, uh, like in Japan, um, is shining Matt's shoes. They take a break for him to shine his shoes. Nick hits a moonsault off the apron onto Penta. Matt starts beating on Pack. Nick misses the splash on Pack, but, uh, and, oh, and eats a German suplex for his trouble. He, Pack makes the tag to Penta, and then Penta hits sling blades on both of them. Then the lung blower rolling sent on combo and a jawbreaker. 
Then Penta hits a sit-out half Nelson on Matt. And Pack gets tagged in. He starts hitting the strikes on Matt Jackson. He kicks him and then eats for him for his trouble and then hits a sit-out powerbomb on Matt. Death Triangle hit thrust, dual thrust kicks on Nick Jackson. Uh, there's a series of reversals. This is the you know typical point in the Young, young Bucks matches where it starts picking up. Um, I believe there was a finisher got reversed. Uh, Death Triangle's finisher, Penta. And Matt hit both hit uh, Canadian Destroyers. And... Oh, um, yeah, and then they both, Penta and Nick, uh, sorry, then hit a package pile driver and a German suplex on the apron on their respective opponents. Nick goes to take off Penta's mask, but he's wearing a second mask underneath because uh, he's seen he's seen this trick before. Penta and Pack hit their finishers, but it's broken up. And then Brandon hits Pack with the camera for the heel win. Uh, after the match, they go for the BTE trigger on Penta. But Kingston, Eddie Kingston, that is, interrupts to make the save. Let's come to Patrick. What did you think of this match? Because I, I mean, I'm assuming you thought this was an okay match, so I'm, I'm going to get the positives out of the way uh, and give you a chance to say something positive about this match. Thank you. That definitely was like this. <laughs> it was that, that was maybe one of the only good matches of that night. <laughs> We're going to come to the rest, but that was was really interesting. Really. Uh, yeah, well made. What what else can you expect from these guys? It was also it, it was a little random. I didn't think these it was were... as good as as good as we used to from the Young Bucks. But that said, yeah. the Young Bucks have set the bar very high. Uh, yeah. So so what is a less uh, below average showing for the Young Bucks is still a damn good match. You know. Yeah, but still also with Pack and Penta together, this is oh, nice to see Death Triangle back again, like with their Death Triangle intro and so on. That Penta is also part of the group again, which is also said in some kind of other way. I would have loved to see like a singles run of him, but also still if he's a member of the group, you know, like they could do that together because yeah, that's that's just doable, I guess. You see that also with the Elite and Kenny, so. This was their you first match in like this. Pack and Pack and Penturg, if you can yeah. believe that. Yeah, right. That's that's really really weird, but it's nice. So, what I also liked is that Frankie Kazarian came in, and I think was it uh, was it Jim Ross? I'm not sure if it, if it was Jim Ross or uh, that he said like he's the the elite. Uh, I saw that, and actually, I've got it up here. It was yeah. the elite hunter. The Elite Hunter, yeah, very good. Thank you very much. The Elite Thanks, Hunter Jamie. now, who's out for that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's interesting. That's the interesting uh, storyline development at this point. Um, but yeah, let's see also that um, in the end, Eddie Kingston also interfered and, and helped Penta and, and uh, Pac from getting attacked by the Elite. That was interesting. Uh, but yeah, what yeah, to say uh, else? It was a good match, and that's just about it. I can tell about it, so... Well, yeah, at the beginning, when Kazarian came in, I mean, I alluded to it when I was doing my run-through, but when Kazarian came in, and then straight after that, they did the kind of dives over the rope, I was like, oh, okay, it's back to it's back to crowd dynamite. It's, uh, this is, this. they're going to maintain this, this level throughout the night. How wrong I was. <laughs> Jack, uh, before we move on, unfortunately, we have to, uh, what were your thoughts of this match? Yeah, uh, I've not really got too much to add, and I think this is going to be a recurring theme throughout this episode because these matches didn't offer too much in terms of expanding a storyline or too or, much. Yeah, like... Or, or the, I mean, the weirdest thing was they throughout this night they continued stories that didn't need to be continued and offered no 
continuation of stories that kind of did. They mm. didn't mention. I don't think they mentioned Pack being in the main event of Double or Nothing once during, no, they during a match that involved Pack. They mentioned the Orange Cassidy was in the main event, but this is what I said yeah. all along. It's like it was an Orange Cassidy and Kenny Mega, and Pack was third wheeling. It was really weird. Um, but anyway, nonetheless, this match. I mean, I'm just going to get out of the way now because I, I don't think we should wait. This was my match tonight. Um, yeah, and what was and what was looking like? Mine too. <laughs> there we go. Um, straight, straight away. Unprecedented on uh, on. <laughs> we don't have to do that later. No, shall we <laughs> stop here? <laughs> um, but no, no. It's decent uh, seven out of ten dynamite. That <laughs> it, it, it was. <laughs> it was. It was a good match. This one, I did a enjoy it. Laugh. You sounded like your dad. <laughs> you know, when he's drunk and laughing yeah. at a dirty joke. But, um, <laughs> but no, I enjoyed this match. Uh, you know, it was. It didn't have. It was a bit of a random one to put in there, but um, nonetheless, you know, some of the key people in this kind of feud, I, Eddie Kingston coming out was. I liked. I liked that he came out and that you know, making the save suggests it's not over. You know, this feud, which I kind of like because Eddie Kingston, by, based on his reaction at Double Nothing, he's a crowd favourite, and we we knew that anyway. Um, so it's nice that he's still you know involved in this. He's not just kind of going to fizzle out again. Um, and and the only other thing I wanted to say is I like Death Triangle kind of mixing up, you know, who who's in the tag matches. I hope they keep that up instead of, um, you know, kind of. I hope when Ray Phoenix comes back, it's like that. And it's not just these two together because Ray Phoenix is out or something, and then they'll have like however long of two of them in a tag team and the other one's missing out. I hope it's kind of like, it'd be nice if it's interchangeable. And obviously, you know, when a trio's title comes in, which we, we are pretty Suspected nailed on. Soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd like to see these guys because you know they they deserve. There's a lot that obviously deserve it, but these three are all the same kind of level and you know in quality. They're all top top wrestlers that could all go for the world title. So why not put the trio's title on them first? In my opinion, Death Triangle and uh, Jurassic Express just kind of personify AEW trios for me. Do you know what I mean? I think that should be the first final. Uh, if they do like a if they do like a knockout tournament, I'd like to see it. I mean, you've don't got, don't uh, forget the best friends. That's also a point friends, where like yeah, a, they're more of a uh, a quad now with Chris Statland. Although without intergender matches, he obviously won't be in the match. But yeah. Next up, we uh, had Mark Henry in the ring. He uh, he mentioned how he's not here to fix AEW. Uh, AEW doesn't need fixing. Uh, he's just here to turn the screws, as it were, and. Um, he gets asked that all-important question: Will we see him in a ring again? He says, "Oh, you know, uh, don't know. You know, don't not making any promises or whatever." But he's still got a lot left in the tank. Then Vicky Guerrero interrupts him, dismisses him, and uh, we should just say, "Excuse me," and all that comes out, and then introduces Andrade like it's like it's fucking nothing. <laughs> and then uh, he comes out and say, uh, one of you, I'm sure, Jack probably will tell me his full name in AEW ring name, but he says that he used to be the face of Latinos, but now will be the new face of All Elite Wrestling. Uh, and that, that was about it for for a huge debut. Um, Jack, what did you make of this? And also, please tell me his full name. Because so I'll start with a name. It's yep. Andrade El Idolo. There we because go. he is, as they said, the idol. Um, yeah. So I kind of like that's that. That's awkward because Maki, that is Maki Ido. Yeah, Maki Ido I mean, is the fired idol. So idol guess. versus idol, book it. At, at least say it in Spanish. Andrade el idolo, please. Sorry, Stop. sorry, Patrick. <laughs> I mean, I'm white and ginger and British. You can't, you Don't know. catch me white and ginger. <laughs> um, for this, right, I love, I love the signing. 
Um, I think it's awesome. It kind of came out of nowhere, which I liked. Um, obviously, we knew there was going to be a match between Kenny and Andrade for the AAA um, champ, but the championship. But no, I like that it kind of came out of nowhere, and it's nice because they can start to build, you know, some sort of storyline behind it for that match, and that's even more, you know, the forbidden door is open because normally, if it was like that sort of match, you know, they wouldn't really mention it. Like, like with Impact, when Kenny's featured over there, they don't really mention it on AEW. They just mention that he's over there. But um, but now it'd be nice if they could build a storyline between them and then pass it over there and then, you know, uh, AAA gets more, you know, um, purchases for their pay-per-view and it works both ways. And yeah, I like that. The only thing that annoyed me is why wasn't this announced a double or nothing? The crowd was at, the crowd was sold out a double or nothing. They were, they were a lot hotter than tonight. They would have appreciated a lot more. Maybe even, yeah, like when Mark Emery came out, do it, do it then. When they announced Mark Emery was all elite, why not do it then? Why did they do it tonight? Yeah. I didn't think the crowd for me didn't, like I'm reading here that like, you know, that the fans loved it. Did they? For me, it seemed really yeah. like an awkward sort of silence. Like they No, no, what I've put here was what a flat introduction. Even the crowd seemed a little confused. Yeah. They did love it. They, they, you, once they realised who was coming out, because they couldn't hear initially because they were booing. Yeah, she didn't. So hard, yeah. Which, no, no, no. To be fair, to and be she fair, she talked like she you couldn't understand I mean. what she was saying really because really she was screaming yeah. and then you didn't understand it really. But also they were booing very loud. So I want to get one thing off the off the bat right now. I don't hate this pairing. I I I think Vicky Guerrero is, and I'll. This is a hill I'm prepared to. She is one of the best heels I've ever seen. I've never heard such. She gets nuclear proper nuclear heat from two words it is genius um she was one of the best heels of her time in in wwe uh, they would they would boo her for minutes and she just she knew how to work and it was it was brilliant um so that's not my issue my issue is and i take big issue with this is you say why didn't they introduce him a double or nothing why 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 did they introduce quote unquote him at all why didn't he have a think of all your favorite debuts in in AEW. Uh, John Moxley coming through the crowd to attack Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. Um, you know, uh, even even some of the kind of ones are a little bit flat because of COVID, like um, Matt Hardy appearing in the in the rafters uh, to confront Chris Jericho. Uh, Brody Lee, um, you know, revealing himself and then being behind uh, Christopher Daniels and booting him. What do all these things have in common? They show up and immediately in insert themselves into an angle. Like, you know what the the boring and flat, you know, intros are? Like, they're, they're when somebody just walks out and then goes backstage again. And, like, it just... This is the kind of intro you give people like Big Show and Mark Henry. Do you know what I mean? It's not... Andrade is so over with the kind of people that AEW market themselves to, and yet they just completely wasted his his debut on... Oh, and by the way, here's Andrade. <laughs> like, well, it's a huge sign. And they they already, they did pants people in the crowd, and they had their hands on their heads and their like mouths were open. I think people were just confused, because it was just so weird to just introduce him so casually, and then he fucks off again, like, without really doing anything except saying that he'll be the face of eight. So wasted. Why didn't they do something bigger with his debut? Patrick, how do you feel about this? Yeah, completely agree to this. Like, uh, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was also, like, confused, uh, first of all, that he didn't get an intro music or so, and, like, the camera was just holding there, and everyone was like, hey, what? Like, nobody knew what was happening, and then he walked out without any, like you said, fanfare or so. He, he needs to have a, a, an intro, like everyone who was introduced had something like this before and also what what got me confused is that it was it was said like a like 
since no it wasn't sting's debut which one was it i don't know sting or miro but uh, tnt said they don't want any of these debuts on the network for some reason i can't remember that that it was uh, it was reason it was, they they want to be they don't want surprises they want to be yeah. able to advertise uh, yeah they want to be able to advertise like sting showing up i saw a good point made on reddit like if you advertise someone like sting for showing up people are going to tune in that's true people are going to tune in for that episode but if people show up by surprise if sting shows up by surprise people are going to tune into every episode wondering who will show up next do you know what i mean yeah yeah that's the thing yeah definitely so yeah that that's also the point and yeah but why did they introduce him like on such a non-important show in the end you know it has almost the worst time slots because like it has to people yeah yeah but it's like you said like it it's it's first of all it's the worst time slot where you can some introduce somebody because like we we will talk about the rest of the show but this was a bad show but for a reason they're probably gonna do it because the time slot is bad and they don't want to waste anything on that but this feels now wasted on that time slot and they should have done it they should have done it also on uh, Double or Nothing because, uh, like also Jack said, like the crowd, where, where was the crowd? You can s- they definitely see that it was just like the uh, the bottom tier where people were in the area. Like the rest of the arena wasn't even full. Like they didn't show that. It was everything was dark. So there, there were just maybe 1,500 people there or so maximum. And uh, why didn't they do that with the super hot crowd? Uh, and he, also was, they give him... That felt, perhaps that fell within his... Did that not fall within his 90 day or... Yeah, maybe that's another. But why don't don't they do it? Why they just don't wait two more weeks when uh, Kenny has that big match against uh, Jungle Boy and then bring him in there because he will have a match. Yeah, right. That's the best advertisement they they can make, and uh, I don't know. That that feels very wasted. So that's that's a big big uh, minus this time for AEW really. Because yeah, that would that would protect everybody in that match that's so true if they like i was thinking that and i was thinking maybe they didn't do that because it would be too early because isn't it like august or something triple mania i can't remember so they'd have to stretch a feud out but i mean you know even so that would that would be good or or it doesn't even have to be jungle boy it could be kenny omega versus whoever they have a match against orange cassidy maybe based on events later and you know if the jungle boy match is too close then you know have andrade interrupt a match between Kenny and whoever and uh you know get attack Kenny so that the match is a disqualification um Kenny you know keeps his title um but whoever he's up against doesn't look weak do you know what I mean it's it's just I don't know it just feels like booking yeah, 101 exactly. and then you introduce yeah. Andrade in an exciting way rather than this what we got it was just like you say it just feels wasted because like like I guarantee you think of all your favorite debuts of all time Chris Jericho in 2000 against The Rock. Do you know what I mean? Um, the the Y2 the y, Y2J stuff, uh, things like that. I guarantee you that none of the your top five or your top ten will be someone just coming out and announcing themselves and then going backstage. They'll all be big moments. Do you know what I mean? Where they they immediately yeah, insert themselves into a program. That's your favorites. Yeah, definitely. What I have to say, what was is good, or I hope this will stay in the future. That Vicky Guerrero is his manager. That would be very good because she's also, of course, she has a Latin background. That's that's another plus with the Latin community also. So that's, come on. She's a Guerrero. Yeah, she's a Guerrero. So what is better than this to have her as a manager? Would be great. Perfect. But uh, yeah, the rest, not so much. 
Next up, we had uh, just groan looking at it. That wasn't that wasn't a happy groan, uh, boys and girls. That was a that was a uh, that was Nightmare Family versus the Factory. Nightmare Family consisting of Cody and I've even forgotten Lee Johnson. That was <laughs> Cody and Lee Johnson versus Anthony Agogo and QT Marshall. Uh, I don't have too many notes on this, so I'll keep it mercifully short. Cody has the flag in his video now, I noticed. Um, so apparently this shit's not over. <laughs> Johnson and Cody are trading quick tags at the beginning, um, and Johnson ends up being the one in the ring. He hits a big drop kick on QT Marshall. Uh, Gogo is in, but he calls out Cody, wants Cody tagged in. Uh, JR randomly started talking about Moxley at this point, which was just bizarre. Um, <laughs> like in the middle of talking about the storyline behind this, he starts talking about the one between Moxley and the and the Young Bucks. Anyway, um, outside the action action goes outside, and uh, a go go lays out Shoddy Lee Johnson. Uh, nice backbreaker from QT. Uh, so it wasn't all bad this match. Um, Johnson reversed, uh, hits a reversal, and hits a drop kick. Um, on QT. Uh, Cody's in. He hits a nice monkey flip, but QT Marshall seems to botch the landing. It looked like he was supposed to he was supposed to land on his feet, but messed it up. Uh, Cody knocks a go-go off the apron and hits a slam on QT Marshall, locks it in the figure four, broken up by a frog splash by Anthony Agogo. Uh, again, some more signs of promise from Anthony Agogo, so again, it wasn't all bad. QT Marshall goes... Oh, it hits the diamond cutter, doesn't he? And... Um, now this bit was interesting to me because Cody kicked out of the it was one, two, three, kicked out of two, but Lee Johnson also broke it up at the same time, and then the the announcers attributed it to a breakup by Lee. So I think maybe there was a miscommunication here, or maybe someone missed their mark. Um or maybe Cody thought Lee Johnson was gonna miss miss the miss the save, but he didn't, so he kicked out. I don't know. Um anyway, a go-go knocks Johnson out and uh, Solo distracts Cody and Cody gets knocked out too by being punched um, yeah he ate a lot of those punches in his match at double or nothing but is apparently knocked out by by one in this match I I don't make the booking decisions folks um, Patrick I won't come to you because I came to you first on the last one Jack uh, what was your thoughts on this match uh, um Second worst match at night for me. Um, oh, there, it, there was a lot of stinkers, though. Don't say that. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it was. There's a lot of contenders coming up. <laughs> um, well, I already know what my worst was. Um, so, yeah, this one. Uh, second, right, yeah. I'm just going to... The main point I want to make, and everyone's thinking it, why have Cody win the pay-per-view and then, you know... Why have Cody And then he, he the eats so many of them Anthony Gogo punches to then come on to this match at uh, Friday night dynamite and uh, lose to a Anthony Gogo punch just one of them um, it, how can he withstand so many in the pay-per-view uh, especially you know Memorial Day we're not you know obviously I think that was the reason why he won you know um, but this one as well yeah he you know gets knocked out just by one punch from a go-go it just doesn't make sense to me um, well, I mean the, the ones uh, to play devil's advocate and it really is devil's advocate because I agree with you uh, Cody ate um, those shots to the body on double or nothing that's but what I was thinking saw, yeah but we also saw that three of them made fucking 
Austin Gunn like <laughs> internal bleeding. Um, who, was this? Was this? No, this wasn't the match Austin Gunn showed back up in, and it was Colton Gunn anyway, wasn't it? I think. I don't yeah, think. yeah, no, it was um, Colton Gunn. Yeah, yeah, I know the oh, one you're thinking they're of. Still selling, they're still selling Austin Gunn. You know what? Dead, so. I think that. I think that. Um, Austin Gunn uh, moment in in that match the other week was probably the highlight of this whole feud. Seeing <laughs> at least seeing them, you know, sell it like in a yeah. go-go punch. Like this, just yeah. it just felt all levels of just wrong in terms of booking wise. Like, and we we said, and I think probably all our listeners agree because I imagine if you listen to this podcast and you've lasted this long in listening to our <laughs> podcast you probably long. you probably had the same opinions of us and you probably also thought why did a go-go not get a win at pay-per-view don't worry we're with you we think the same thing um but it's just like to give him then the win here it's not the same level do you know it's what i mean not, and especially from a distraction from aaron solo so now it looks like a a cheaty dirty finish do you know what i mean it's like anthony go-go they were very big on this this t- this dynamite on the on the because you know, Tony Khan's come out and said we ha- we we don't have a lot of dirty finishes, and like even their dirty finishes are are usually like indirect dirty finishes. So something dirty will happen towards the end of the match, but then it will, you know, not necessarily directly lead to the finish. But they had like a very direct uh, dirty finish in the first match yeah. with um, Brandon Cutler clocking the uh, the death triangle with with the camera. So um, yeah, it's just okay. So. Not just because of this, um, but because of something else. They've been feeling WWE a bit WWE this this episode. And the other thing that felt very WWE that I just I just mentioned there is um, I'm going to say it, it's fifty fifty booking. That's mm-hmm. very much what seems to be happening at the moment, which is something WWE gets criticised for all the time. I don't and think they know who they want to put over, do they? This is this is what I mean. It's fifty fifty booking where they're trying to please every. They're you know trying to put everyone over, then no one gets over. It's it's been a complaint from WWE fans for a long time, and today it's a complaint from this AEW fan, and it was uh, a week ago as well, um, because so. You know, when we were doing our predictions for the for Double or Nothing, and I predicted uh, Hangman Page would beat Brian Cage successfully. I predicted Inner Circle would beat The Pinnacle successfully. Now, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this because at the time I said, I think I know what's happening here. I think it's 50-50 bookend. Because, you know, Brian Cage went obviously went over Hangman the first time. The Pinnacle went over the Inner Circle the first time. So I said, they're going to trade victories. Um, and they've done it again. A go-go, a go-go wins. Very next show. Uh, Cody wins and this is just it's something that people do not like it's 50-50 booking and um, yeah I'm just balls to it you know um, promising parts was a go-go still look very promise, prom- very good um, he seems like he's got a lot of you know he could uh, with a little bit of fine tuning he could be a, he could be a very good wrestler um, that is about as much as I'm willing to compliment the match Patrick what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, good point there in the end where I can jump into this. So to bring first good things is, again, that Antonio Gogo looked quite good. He has a very good, like, also agility and, and speed and pacing in the match. He's very good with that because we can come back to that in a later point where it's not good with the wrestler in that match, in the certain match. But, uh, yeah, this this is what I liked. He was in the execution, everything quick, precise. You know, it's just it, it's a good prodigy for the future. That's that's really nice. And also the point you said, and it's just this is just lazy 50-50 booking, like WWE shitty booking. So I I have an uh, uh, 
example for this, which I remembered like years ago where I was like, what the fuck is this? It was two, 2007, I think, WrestleMania, oh, where, um, yeah, that's really years ago. So the uh, when the ECW rebrand came and the ECW originals were uh, fighting in a eight-man tag match against yeah. uh, New Breed. New and Breed. With uh, in, Kevin Thorne and fucking... Who else yeah. in that? Who else? Elijah Matt Burke. Striker. Matt Stryker. Matt Stryker. Elijah yeah. Burke. So, and uh, uh, they won. The ECW Originals won against the New Breed on WrestleMania. The Wednesday afterwards, they had a, a hardcore match, and the New Breed won against the Originals. And then, yeah. I, I like the match. This is one of the... It's the best ECW match of the rebrand ever. You should watch that on YouTube if you can. And it's a really okay, good remember, hardcore I match. I remember WrestleMania 23 vividly. That was my reintroduction. I took a break from WWE for a while, and that was my reintroduction yeah. to wrestling. Yeah, but um, take take but... the match from ECW TV. Then, like this this afterwards is one of one of the best hardcore matches on on WWE t uh, TV. Ah, and um, but I also back that I didn't know why why. Do the uh, does the new breed now need to win in that hardcore match, which is the originals thing? And like the originals are from like from from the booking when you see it, like from the history, uh, they are better in it. It's their homegrown thing, and then they're losing against them in a like eight or nine minute match. But at, at WrestleMania, they won in a normal tag match in 15 minutes against them, or le like even less. And then I was like, that's that that's confusing to me. And they didn't have a third match. So if they have a that's, third match, which is deciding, then it's okay. But then that, yeah. it was kind of off. So that's a very weird. big staple. That's a very big staple of um, of WrestleMania in general. They'll have WrestleMania, and then very shortly after, either, even sometimes even the Raw after WrestleMania, they'll have a rematch. They'll, and it will be they even say the WrestleMania rematch, and then they'll just book it the other way, and then they'll just never have a decider. Fifty-fifty booking. Like I said, it's a big complaint. John Cena versus The Rock once in a lifetime. They said. No, twice in a lifetime. Yeah, great, one right? Each, one each. What a no shit. Decider. Do you know what I mean? Just, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Obviously, it's it's shit. But, um, yeah, like like you say, if they go to three, brilliant. And I think uh, I think the inner circle and the pinnacle will. But yeah, Hank right. And, See, that's, that's not the 50-50 thing. That's, that's where they show, okay, that's like this. But also, sorry that you're saying now, Brian Cage against uh, uh, Hangman. They will be that's, also that's a third the... match, definitely. Will there? Do you think? I don't yeah, think there will uh, be. There's, is, there's a tag match coming up, but I don't think it's going to be a third single. Oh, yeah, it's tag match then. Yeah, there's a tag match coming up. Okay, yeah, see. Yeah. But maybe Brian, but this Brian will bring, bring us somewhere. Face, isn't he? So yeah, right. This is, will know. bring us somewhere in, in the story, you know? And then, yeah, but this won't, I guess. But the uh, I just hate QT. For the, for the match. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Jack, we came to you first, so that's pretty much sums it up. Yeah. As I say, promising for a go-go, but um, you know, we 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 said that when we saw him in Double or Nothing, but um, and you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to say something controversial here. QT's not a bad wrestler; he's just a boring wrestler. Uh, no one in this match was particularly bad. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's just a it's just bad booking. And he he has no character really. Like he has no personality, they, character, so, whatever. That's nothing. They're trying to push the Tony Soprano thing so hard. Yeah. They yeah. mention how many times they're going to actually specifically mention QT's uh, Tony Soprano over here. Like, yeah, okay, it's, we get it. That's how you want us to view him. It's yeah, not working. It's, but they don't need the co the commentators to tell that. They just need to have a character work on, you know, on everything like mic work do, and, and storylines and everything. They just don't throw it into the pond and say, ah, he's gonna he's gonna be this, and everyone should accept that. No, this is not how it works. They even have programs on. Is it is it Road Two or whatever or BT or whatever where he's talking to a therapist like 
Tony Soprano in The Sopranos. It's like, uh, does he? I didn't check yeah, that, but does yeah, he? that's yeah, interesting. They, they do stuff Jesus like, um, like, like, um, <laughs> what's it? Tony and Doctor Melfi in The Sopranos. They, they okay. do the same. They're copying okay. the same thing with with um, QT Marshall. It's crazy. Anyway, next up. It was the inner circle in the ring. So Jericho is on the mic first, because of course he is, because he's the leader. He calls Sammy the hero of the match at Double or Nothing and gives him the mic. Sammy said he used to do the 6.30, is it, off uh, off his mum's roof. She used to tell him to get down from there, and he was like, okay, and hit the, th- hit the 6.30 to come down. You can tell he was speaking, speaking some truths here. That was a shoot. Uh, Santana's on the mic. He says that despite winning... They still have to see the pinnacle in the halls. They have to, you know, look at them every day or every every week or whatever. Um, it's not over until they say it's over, he says. And uh, Hager challenges Wardlow to a cage fight. That was that was quite interesting. Um, I I don't know how to feel about that because I mean we all saw Brawl for All, didn't we? Or at least me and Patrick probably did back in the day. Um, but more on that in a minute. Jericho says uh, when he thinks of them, it pisses him off, and he lists off all the things about them that piss him off. When he thinks about um, Sean Spears, it pisses him off. When he thinks about Wardlow, it pisses him off, but especially MJF. Um, he's really Jericho is really playing into like having trauma from this match, from from you know uh, the blood and guts match, from thinking he almost died, uh, which I which I quite like. Um, so he says because of that because of this kind of uh, you know trauma that he's given him it's not over until Jericho ruins his that being MJF's career uh, and life like he tried to do um, he says that MJF's always kind of given him props what in his in these backhanded compliments saying that he's the GOAT he says if I truly am the GOAT um, and I helped build the greatest wrestling company in the world today um, he's, make no mistake it is big pop from the crowd because we like some uh some saying how good AEW is, obviously, then they absolutely have to win. They have to win, and uh, and it was it was quite a good segment until he ended it by saying, uh, obviously, it's not pay per view, it's it's network television, so they can't say the f word. So <laughs> he ended it with a very cringy, uh, the inner circle never effing forgets, like ugh. like just uh, yeah, made me cringe. Um, Patrick, what were your thoughts on on this segment? Well, that wasn't the best segment they did. So I, I hope they're not doing this now every week coming out and holding the segments. The last time they did, that was it was just a build up to the match, which is good. Now, it's of course, it's a nice uh, informing segment that to say like this is not over. Uh, Sammy addressing it, uh, uh, um, Santana Ortiz uh, addressing FTR. And what I really liked, I'm actually quite interested in what's happening there, that uh, Jake Hager challenges Wardlow to a cage yeah fight that, like, that's actually a cool fight, thing yeah and i i just i think or jack maybe can you look it up quickly if wardlow ever did mma that would be nice so if we have yes, that it's... info now that's that would be really cool to know because this would be something like out of the box a real cool gimmick match in the end which which can like be also an end to feud or whatever that, that would be a nice thing of course the brawl for all thing yeah, that's just a bad example but when you have okay, well, two wrestlers who used to be MMA fighters I think that's that's then I think the better idea of it I don't think Wardlow has um, an um, MMA background oh okay so apparently he has thing. a martial arts background yeah but okay. not, so, but not yeah. yeah here's the thing I don't think it'll be a real cage fight like Brawl for All um, I think so when you say there's going to be an MMA fight in a in a wrestling company you have two ways it could go it could go brawl for all 
where it was legit street fights, or um, it could where a lot of people got seriously injured. I actually, I've got that from an insider from Mark Miro. I did a virtual meet and greet with him. He said everybody thought Brawl for All was a bad idea because it, it, you know, it injured and ended some careers and stuff. It, it you know, hurt people, um, and that uh, that. But they were all paid quite well. He said they were all paid ten k each for a Brawl for All. Um, however. It could also go the other way, which is Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, you know, or Matt Riddle's Bloodsport, depending on how long you've been watching it, where it's uh, these MMA-style matches. They look very real, like MMA fights, but they are still worked uh, matches. So that's that's probably the okay. way they're going to go. Yeah, I, I can think of that. Yeah, that would be also good. Also, maybe they can bring Josh Barnett in there to like be an advisor for it, to do it yeah. good, so that would be a thing. However, yeah. I do still have a little bit of a problem with it in that... If you acknowledge MMA directly by putting an MMA match on a on a on a wrestling show, like it's fine to say, oh, Brock Lesnar's big in UFC, um, Jake Hager's big in Bellator or whatever, uh, because that's over there. You know, you're not watching it. You're like, as far as we're concerned, as the viewer, like in our kayfabe heads, they're the same thing basically. You know, but when you put on an MMA match with an MMA style, it's basically acknowledging saying, okay all these other matches are fake, you know? And this this is the real one, do you know what I mean? Because this has an extra level of realness to it. That's the gimmick in this match. What sets it apart is that it's a shoot, even if it's not a shoot, you know what I mean? And that's and and to me, that's just another example of AEW's kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, this isn't real, you know, which which always kind of bugs me a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm curious, but I... I I don't like when they make it so hard for me to suspend disbelief in the show, which they do a lot of the time. Um, and, yeah, I prefer it when I can just fully immerse myself into the show. Jack Griffin, what were your thoughts on this segment? Firstly, do I not get a fake surname? Now people are going to look me up. How can Patrick get a fake one? Um, I'm pretty sure I've said your surname on here plenty of times. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I was just thinking that. Um, anyway, what did I think of this segment? It was all right, but I'm kind of... I'm kind of... I don't want to say it because I've really enjoyed it, but I am kind of dumb this feud now because they had blood and guts and that was meant to be like, you know, this is the decider, you know, who's the who's the top dogs? Pinnacle won. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, you'd think that was, you know, Pinnacle top. Brilliant. Then obviously it continues. It's like, okay, Stadium Stampede. All right, this is the end, you know, 50-50. They both get one over each other, boom. And now it's like, again, it kind of just yeah. feels like they're really kind of scraping it for all it's worth do you know what I mean Wait. because they know people are really interested in these like wrestlers and that you know they are really good though you know MJF we love his promos and stuff we love to hate him and the rest of the pinnacle um, and in the circle everyone loves him now you know and it's just kind of I don't know it'll be I'll be interested to see when enough's enough and like when they decide to stop because I feel like Tony Khan just really doesn't know who he wants to win this feud I think he loves them both and he just can't decide and it's just like ah oh, we'll keep it going Keep it going until until I've made up my mind who I want to push in this feud. Well, it I mean it's what me and Patrick were saying before about the fifty fifty bookend. Would I think I, well I and I'm I'm assuming Patrick as well from how he spoke before would rather they go to a third than them do two. Do you know what I mean? I uh, I'm sure there's some circumstances where we'd rather them just do one. You know, but if they're gonna do more than one, we'd rather it be three than two. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that's where I'm at at this point. It's like yeah let's do it like it's dragging a little bit but let's go for three rather than leave it at two 
And, you know, I think the Pinnacle will probably win if there's a third one because uh, they had to win the first one um, because, you know, otherwise they wouldn't look legit as this new this new tag team, this new team set, especially a team saying they're always on top, you know. Um, then they could afford to lose the second one because it was more of a silly kind of fight gimmick. Fight. I mean, I know Blood and Guts is a gimmick match also, but... You know, Stadium Stampede is the ultimate gimmick match. That's gimmick central. So um, it was it was one that they could afford to lose without looking too bad. These kind of serious wrestlers. So now I think if they have a third one, the Pinnacle will win it. Um, but we've had that fun face moment of of the Inner Circle winning. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like I'm I'm excited. I'm I wouldn't I don't know. I'd say excited, but I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. Is there anything you'd like to add before we move on, Patrick? Or respond to what jack said or no it's it's fine i completely agree i think we're all on the same same boat here when it comes to that we just want to also have a decision where is it going next and then also have a have a clean cut with it well i think think one thing as well jack were you saying about how you know it's it's going and going and going um you one thing you got to remember is that AEW's roster is kind of overflowing for a two-hour weekly show, and this is one feud that ties up ten wrestlers. Do you know what I mean? So that is that is a big thing as well. They want, I think, they want to keep this going because this keeps ten whole wrestlers busy. You put those in singles matches, that's ten angles versus what? No, sorry, that's bad math. Five angles versus one. Do you know what I mean? So, um, uh, you know, uh, well, with Santa and Ortiz being a tag team, it would be like four, but. You know, you've got no no more than that because you've got to think they'd be facing other people. So I am right; it is more like ten. Do you know what I mean? It's um, so so yeah. Anyway, moving on. Next up, we had a segment that started with the best friends. Um, I think it was oh, I'll tell you what, I can't remember. If it was Chuck or Chuck E T or um or Trent. Yeah, I think it was Chuck E T. Yeah, yeah. Said that uh, the comedy wrestler. You you know you you're given uh. OC grief for being the comedy wrestler, but the comedy wrestler had you beat Kenny. Um, and they once again say that it's not over. Um, I, just like the Inner Circle said it's not over, so the best friends. Then we cut to Marvez uh, catching up with Kenny and Don, and we we cut in at Don. What I can only say he was doing was pretending that a television was a touchscreen. <laughs> they were like they were kind of gathering evidence, uh, you know, or, or like cutting and splicing clips from Double or Nothing. But he was just like touching this television screen. I'm like, and they say there is a conspiracy to take the title off Kenny, um, and that oh, and then Marvez obviously because they're still talking about Orange Cassidy Marvez tries to bring his attention to you have that match with Jungle Boy you know Um, and then Kenny says something weird which was there's a difference between a Jungle Boy and a Jungle Man and there's a difference between a Jungle Man and a Jungle Champion (laughs) okay Um, referring to himself as a Jungle Champion I guess Uh, and then but this bit kind of uh, saved the segment for me it was um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they started, yeah, everyone loves Jungle Boy, like, you know, doing that patronising thing they do. And then um, everyone loves his music. And then Kenny's doing, oh, 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 oh and Don joins in. And uh, you see Michael Nakazawa moving his head in the background as well. And then uh, Don grabs Alex Marvez's arm and makes him dance to it, like forces him to dance to it. Um, I quite like that. Jack, what were your thoughts on this bit? Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much to add. I just really enjoyed it as well, um, especially to sing along. I actually played Tarzan Boy um, multiple times last night just on my Alexa just because I was like, I'm really in the mood to hear this song. Um, 
yeah, that, that's all I wanted to say. Big up. Make sure you're getting them streams in for Tarzan Boy because it's a banger. But, I mean, what is your impression on, say, Orange Cassidy and Best Friends saying it's not over with Kenny Omega? It's all right. I want to see more. So, yeah. Hot take. Patrick, any thoughts? Yeah, I can agree with this. Like, this this is a really... It was, it was a fun segment. And uh, it's it, uh, that's the thing where they said, yeah, it's not over yet. I'm like, yeah, nice. I, I can see that. And they, Chucky T made a good point. You did lose to a comedy wrestler. That's, uh, you're clear about that. So that was really good. And then in the, in the other segment, which was <clears throat> responding to it, it was a comedy segment. So that was kind of like a real nice... Uh, nice touch to it and yeah. Uh, yeah how such a comic relief Kenny is also becoming now so you can see they can both work like in a in a more comedic angle match maybe so yeah let's see what this brings in the future next up was Christian Cage and uh, the aforementioned Jungle Boy uh, versus Private Party uh, let's give you the skinny so Mark Quen uh, the pretty much the first notable spot of the match. Oh, first off, should mention they they have new attire. Private party. They've come dressed fresh from the club, uh, in their white shirts and you know etc. Khakis. Uh, Mark Quinn, in probably the first notable spot of the match, paid tribute to the Hardy Boys with the oh taunt with the with the the finger guns um, on the second rope. But Jungle Boy reverses the upcoming tag move. Jungle Boy hits a kick on Quen, who oversold a little bit for my liking. Um, and there was a camera work botch at this point where it just started showing a shot of a wall or something. Uh, Jungle Boy tags in Christian Cage. Quen holds Cage's ankle while Cassidy applies a submission. There is a sort of wheelbarrow splash, if you will, on uh, Cage. And then they, being pro-party, uh, do the kind of Edge and Christian five-second pose. They're taking the piss. They beat down Cage a little bit and then pick up his kind of lifeless body and make him start doing the pose as well. That was that was a highlight of the match for me. Um, anyway, then Cage manages to get the tag to Jungle Boy, hot tag. Uh, does a series of moves, um, including a very nice brain buster on Mark Quen. Uh, he hits a drop kick on the outside to neutralize Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, it's a big DDT on Quen for a near fall. Locks in the submission, that being the, um, what they call it, the snare trap, but Cassidy breaks it up. Uh, Hardy gets a thumb to the eye on, uh, on Jungle Boy, and Quen rolls it up, but he gets a kick out. Um, it breaks down a little bit and ends in Jungle Boy getting the snare trap for the finish after the match. Matt Hardy hits the twist of fate on Christian Cage on the ramp. Let's come to Patrick. What were your thoughts on this match? Yeah, it was kind of a uh, yeah. Boring. I don't know. Boring. Yeah, it was boring. I think, I think, it was. I think my rundown there made it sound more exciting than it was. Like that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, <laughs> that, um, when you make it like when you put it like in a review together, then it's definitely. Because uh, well, I'm saying it a lot faster than it actually happened. Do you know what I mean? Like the first, the first half of this match, I remember thinking like this feels like the ad break section, like how they wrestled during an ad break because it was so uneventful and so slow. Um, and really the only highlight of this match for me, the ending was pretty uninspired as well it was one of those AEW matches that just sort of ends without any kind of build to it I mean there was a little build with Hardy you know trying to get the thumb to the eye and yeah it was just it was just not very you know not a very creative match um, but like I said the one thing I did like was the whole five second pose thing that made me laugh 
And what I also liked was it was after the match actually when uh, Matt Hardy gave the uh, twist of fate to Christian Cage yeah, on the stage because this feud goes back to the 90s completely. So yeah. that, that that's the nice touch about it and where they can build up something maybe more interesting that the match was because also, of course, it was in the Battle Royale that Jungle Boy and Christian kind of worked together to get the HOF out uh, out of the the match but yeah. of course like it, it felt like a little random also there's no real build up to it and yeah let, let's see yeah, where I mean, this will go if there will be some more of it but it was also like technically of course they were good like Jungle Boy and there were some botches also in the match yeah like which are not I... that cool so yeah I mean there was a like I said do you notice that camera botch where it was just like the camera just started showing yeah I think the camera was from 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 the bottom it was above the uh, entrance I think it looked yeah. like it it was above the entrance showing to the ground <laughs> Yeah. Weird. Um, and like I said, there was a little bit I felt a little bit overselling from from Mark Quinn at one point, but yeah, it's picking nitpicking. It was just wasn't you know technically as you say it wasn't that technically unsound or anything. It was just quite a boring match. Jack, do you have anything to add to this? Yeah, the I mean not as much match wise. I think you guys covered that. I just I'm kind of semi disappointed the way Private Party have gone. I miss I for one miss the old Private Party. I feel like they're less you know valuable to AEW. they don't seem like they they were like the hot you know they they were as hot as it like was the music man yeah they, they were as hot as like jungle boy and semi and you know darby allen and stuff at the start they were like that for the tag team division and now they kind of see like you know since they've gone heel they just seem like one of them that are big on dark and dark elevation but then when they come to dynamite they just always lose there's like no sort of hope for them in like some sort of push i hope that changes um it just seems the same for all of the hardy family office they all kind of just seem to be there but not really contributing much i don't know that's that's my take anyway mm. do you think that tony khan's uncomfortable with having more than one popular black tag team at a time so he like suppresses <laughs> now he's got the acclaim you know they brought in top flight and they were really hot but then they brought in the acclaimed like the next week and then we didn't see top flight again and private party have dipped as well and now he's hot on the acclaim so he can't have anyone else you know what hot take hot take <laughs> i know dig 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 deep in this conspiracy we uh tony khan we're, we're waiting for your reply Probably not a very good <laughs> AEW fan podcast if I'm openly calling it kind of racist. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. That is, is a joke. I'm sure he is not a racist, just for legal purposes. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, no, quite a boring match. Um, I'm probably with Patrick that the most interesting thing about it was um, Christian and Christian Cage and Matt Hardy feuding. But even that, I mean, it's. Do, it's old, do you know what I mean? It's from the 90s, uh, early 2000s, and it, you know, it wasn't really a, that much of a rivalry between them, was it? It was, I mean, for one thing, Matt Hardy's bigger rivalry in the pair was was uh, Edge, um, because of the real-life drama with Lita. So, you know, it was always either Edge and Christian versus uh, the Hardy Boys, or um, Edge versus Matt, but Matt versus Christian wasn't so much of a thing, so... You know, it would obviously be much more better and nostalgic if all of them were there, but that is not the case. So, what are you going to do? We'll take what we can get. Next up, we had a backstage segment with Team Taz. Um, so, interestingly, we start off uh, 
Taz is talking and he's challenging Hangman and uh, Dark Order's 10, I believe, uh, to a tag match. And um, Ricky Starks, throughout the whole thing, is staring down Brian Cage and then walks off. Should mention that um, the tag match is Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs versus Hangman and, and Preston Vance. But yeah, um, and so Starks walks off after after you know that intense stare down with Brian Cage. Um, it's kind of similar to what Wardlow and Jake Hager were doing for all that time. But uh, Hook is also Hook, our Lord and Savior, is also uh, staring down Brian Cage. So he is not trusted by a, at least two members of Team Taz. Uh, and yeah, and and it's pretty tense. Um, Let's come to... Who wants this one? How about I ask you? First come, first serve. Yeah, okay, go on. Nice. <laughs> Finally win something. I want to thank my mother first now. So, I want this... to thank God and my hot wife. Sorry, that's later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, this this segment was short, but it, it this was one of the few good ones really because this was short and on point and precise you could just see from how the setting of that segment was because hook was staring like really madly at brian cage he was more like smiling back at him and uh, ricky starks leaving and uh, uh will hobbs just looking at the camera nasty like it it felt like just with the setup it felt the group was falling apart and that was really good that that was everything we needed to know from that and it was fine and you know what else was great about it was the fact that Taz didn't seem to notice. You know, he stayed talking down the yeah. camera. He, yeah, right. He, he's he he's so over himself, like into himself. He thinks he's the best, and then he didn't yeah. doesn't even look at the rest of the team. He doesn't. You know, he's like Taz is it? Taz is in Bullet Club is fine mode. Do you remember? You know, back when they did the uh, the Bullet Club Civil War, and then they were doing Bullet Club is fine. It clearly wasn't fine. <laughs> That's the mode that Taz is in. He's in the. Uh, Kind of not even noticing, it, you know, it burning around him, and I'm here for it. Like you say, this was a this was a positive. Next up, Jack, you lucky duck, you get this bit. Um, Tony Schiavone, Schiavone is interviewing Darby Allen and Sting. Uh, Sting says Sting gets a little bit of time on the mic before he gets interrupted, but of course he will be interrupted. It is Sting on a microphone. Uh, he says he'll never forget Double or Nothing. It's up there with anything he's ever done in in wrestling. And then he's promptly interrupted by Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page on the Titantron. Sky says that Sting was so good that he managed to win with Derby, of all people. Um, he dragged him uh, through that match. And then Ethan Page says that Sting is carrying Darby Allen right now um, and calls Darby Allen a spineless codependent bitch. Strong words, Jack. What did you think of this segment? Yeah, this was... Um, you know what? I didn't hate it. Um, you didn't hate it? No, because, I mean, sure, let's get the negatives out of the way. It's a rinse repeat of a Sting segment. It's Sting! He's it's on the mic. Sting. Oh, wait, he gets interrupted. It's the same shit. But, you know, at this point, I'm just so past it. I just accept it for what it is. Um, however, I like the take of, you know, okay, it's, it's the, the feud's still going, which a lot of these are from Double Nothing, which is one of the things that annoy me because obviously pay-per-views are meant to be like the end of feuds. It's, it just seems like it's just been another chapter in it. Um, however, yeah, the thing I liked about it is it offered a different take. I like the fact it was like, you've been carrying Derby, so let's have Derby in the zone and see what happens. And this is a perfect opportunity for Sky and 
um, Ethan Page to actually get the win, which again would be a 50-50 booking, but then you've got to assume, like you guys said with the other ones, that it'd be a third one. Um, and then whoever, you know, gets gets the third um, win is the one who gets pushed. But I, I, as I said in our Double Nothing um, review, which you can check out on our Spotify and all other streaming platforms, um, I, I want to see Sky and Page pushed. I think it'd be good. Um, and this is one of the best Sky's looked in AEW for a while. So, yeah, I like this different take. I'll be interested to see who Darby picks. I've, I've got a feeling it's either going to be... Oh, Lance sorry, Archer, yeah, I, I, or, you're, you're doing something that I was supposed to do, which was that, just to just to catch people up with what Jack's talking about, they challenged Darby to pick anyone else except Sting for a tag match with There you go. Proceed, Jack, sorry. So I think it's either going to be Lance Archer, because we had that whole, you know, uh, weird kind of feeling between Sting and Archer for a couple of weeks, or it could be Dark Order, someone from Dark Order. But either way, I'm here for it because I'd like to see more of Lance Archer and I'd like to see more of um, Dark Order. So either or, I'm happy with that. So yeah, not a bad segment. It is what it is. Um, it's there Sting. There is It's Sting. I always said that like Alan Partridge. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, as I say, it's, it is promising. Um, just because of the intrigue, like you say, who's he going to pick? And, you know, there's there's some there's something to this feud that is going to make us tune in. Even if it's just something, even if it's not that exciting, it's still something that you're like, oh, I want to find out what that is. And that's what that's the essence of weekly television. Do you know what I mean? Give us something to keep us coming back, tuning in, some mystery. Do you know what I mean? So, excited about that. Next up, well, next up, we had Dr. Britt Baker DMD's championship win ceremony. Um... So, uh, yeah, she, she comes down to the ring and we have pretty much the job squad in the ring. So all, all the heel jobbers, um, aside from Nyla Rose, and I did think Nyla Rose stood out like a sore thumb and that was for a reason. Um, but other than her, it was uh, TH2 and Chaos Project and a couple of other people just, you know. Um, and Helico's wearing a bucket hat and it's, it's very weird. Um and uh, so earlier in the night, I probably should have mentioned, um, Inner Circle did a bit where they left T-shirts under under people's chairs. Um, you know, Inner Circle, uh, you know, winners of, of uh, Stadium Stampede, they left those shirts under people's chairs, free shirt for everyone who came to the show. Um, Britt Baker announces she's she got a big pile of burgers on, uh, on, on a stand in the ring and says that uh, she's left coupons under everyone's chairs, free burger coupons, so everyone gets a free burger as well. Tells everyone to look under their chairs. Um, they look, and they are not there, and she says, I'm not Chris Jericho, I kept all the coupons, and then r- reveals a plate of coupons for burgers. Um, Nyla Rose is not impressed throughout this whole thing. She's shaking her head while everyone else is clapping. Um and Britt Baker... So, okay, so first off, you can tell where I'm going with this, that I didn't think this was the best segment it could have been, considering the person involved. However, it did give us the absolute fucking line of the night, which was um, Britt Baker invited Tony into the ring. No one else was allowed burgers. No one, not even the people in the ring. Just her, Reba, Rebel, sorry. Her, her Rebel, not Reba, and Tony were the only people allowed burgers. And um, so they were crap <laughs> And Tony, Tony Schiavone's struggling with his. And Britt Baker's exact words I wrote down was, come on, Tony, pick it up. Just pick Jesus, Tony. And she just gets so exasperated with Tony trying to eat a fucking burger. She's like, Jesus, Tony. Um, and then Nyla Rose uh, gets pissy and slaps the burgers out of everybody's hands. 
And that's that. Uh, we are setting up for a match between them. Um, first off, was this supposed to be like a reference to her Whataburger promo that she did like over a year ago? Um, because like that's the only connection I can make here. And if so, the fact that they weren't allowed to say Whataburger made this just really fucking confusing if, if, if that's even the connection that's being made here i've seen um the only other thing other than that that i could see why is um she there's been and i can't really give you the specifics i wish i could i'm gonna try by um going on her twitter now but she has been mentioning bergs on, on her twitter now i'm gonna try and look at the specific tweets or whatever about it but there's been a Britt Baker, love of burgers, over on the Twitter. I can't remember what she's been saying, but that's the only connection I can make, which is but more this, recent she, than that. She called the burgers, by the way, Brit Max on, on, the, on her Twitter. Yeah, she's but got a thing for Big Max, I've noticed. This is the problem. I don't follow... I mean, I I probably do. We've got, we've got a... Um, I mean, I do have a personal account that I use as well, and we've got a, a company account for Twitter, but I... So we, I probably do follow Brit on both of them, but I don't check Twitter a lot. So I don't, I didn't know this, right? So, and this is just like when they brought lawnmowers out, um, and it fell flat with the audience when the Dark Order did, because people didn't know the lawnmower bit from BTE. Stop, like, and and that happens. It happens later as well. Fuego del Sol, right? Comes out. I was mentioning it now. Comes out later in the night in the main event, um, and he does get a mild pop, to be fair. But Fuego del Sol never appears on Dynamite. This is like. You know, and now he's being, he's as part of a main event. It's like, uh, interrupting, but still, it's like, stop. You know, if you're going in, in, if to, if it elements from other stuff and, and we're all the way down to Twitter now, stuff that someone's mentioned and is, is an ongoing joke on Twitter, contextualize it for the television audience, please. Because I had no fucking idea what was going on here, like, other than that promo, and that's the only connection I can make, and it's just fucking confusing. Anyway. Uh, Patrick, let's get your take on this. Yeah, so in the beginning, I was like, okay, w what's going on here? It, it looked fine, and yeah, it was also what she said, like, ah, oh, you don't get anything because I deserve everything because you didn't do anything for me. That was just like classical heel yeah. work stuff, and I like that, but then, I, I don't know, like out of nowhere, Nyla Rose came and kicked that all over, and then it was over. I don't know. There's like like a, like a point like point. They didn't like point throw, is, did it's just missing. What? Like if they, they didn't even throw down, did they? She just. No, 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 really. She just threw the things out of the of, out of the ring into the crowd and then just left and then it was gone. So 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 there was like, that 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 was the segment. That's it. So it was for me. Okay. So now like, <laughs> so now it was an abrupt end to it. Yeah, great. But you can build that up other than just going out of the ring and leaving i don't know yeah. that, that was just weird that's not wrestling you're not leaving the confrontation you're looking for the confrontation this is a fighting sports or a, 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 a an arranged fighting sports so you're not just leaving like oh fuck this shit i'm out here so yeah next up we had alex marvez interviewing eddie kingston um but death triangle immediately interrupt and so poor alex marvez he never finishes a fucking interview does he um death triangle tony Giovanni barely does either especially when he's talking to sting Death Triangle interrupt and say they don't want or need his help. Um, and uh, this was... Okay, so I said uh, Britt had the line of the night. This might have been. Um, Eddie Kingston says, says, listen here, bastard. And then he goes, and then he turns to Penta. And I, only Eddie 
only Eddie and whatever deity he 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 uh, follows know why he chose to do this. But he said former best friend to Penta in the weirdest fucking voice. He sounded like he sounded like Doctor Evil when he gets choked up talking about Scott and says he's my special boy. He went um he went listen bastard former best friend. <laughs> he went like former best friend <laughs> like that and like he's a... anyway. You mentioned the enemy of my enemy is my friend, so we're a team now. Like it or lump it. Um, <laughs> Jack, what did you make of this? Yeah, um, it was it was good. It's nice to see you know. There. Did you not notice how he talked? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get a soundbite of it for this episode. Um, but no, I don't, I'm not too much to say other than I like the line at the end saying um, the friend, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and I quite like that because you know they they got that common enemy, and it's nice that kind of. Obviously, that enemies then, you know, the Bucks and um, this whole super elite, as they're calling ourselves. It's nice that it's spreading. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of um, different intertwining storylines in this feud, and I'm here for it. So yeah, um, as uh, as always, as we say, uh, probably one of our most common lines on our show. Look forward to see where this is going. Uh, that's your common line. Um, no, uh, yeah, this super elite thing though. They don't call them that on Dynamite. So that's another thing of what I'm talking about. It's like, I, I listened out for it this episode as well, and they said the Elite, but they didn't say Super Elite. And I just, I, the, I don't know if the commentators are privy to calling them Super Elite, but they should be, obviously. But um, again, it's just this kind of multiple universes thing, and then at some point they'll just refer to it on air and expect people to know. Do you know what I mean? They just need to introduce changes uh, that happened off, off Dynamite on Dynamite, do you know what I mean? Because they, it's like they forget that, and we said this before, we'll say it again, there's like, they forget that people, there are people who just watch Dynamite and that's how you have to put on a TV show, like contextualise everything and just assume that this is, assume there are people that only watch this and then everything else is bonus, you know? But yeah. Next up, we had the Bunny versus Red Velvet. Um, starting out, the bunny tries to ambush Red Velvet, but she dodges it uh, and hits a standing moonsault. She does like those moonsaults. She only went for it once in this match, though, so that was nice. Um, she hits quite a dangerous-looking dive for the outside. <laughs> She's, like, flailing through the air and goes kind of face-planting the floor almost. Um, back in the ring, and Red Velvet kind of pins Bunny to the corner using her foot, doing the splits. She goes up top, but uh, Bunny takes her out with the feet. Um, running forearm to the corner from Bunny, uh, and then Velvet hits a scissor kick going for just desserts, um, but Bunny dodges it and hits her with a thrust kick, um, and then pretty much not much entertaining happened until, uh, was it the Brass Knuckles, was it, that um, Blade handed Bunny? Can't remember, but uh, she, she went it to... It was. Yeah, it was. She went to hit... Uh, she went to hit Red Velvet with the brass knuckles, but she ate a just desserts for the pin. Um, who did we come to last first on the last one? Uh, I'm coming to Jack because uh, you're already talking anyway. Thoughts on this match, Jack? Yeah, um, it was all right. I feel like it was just a bulk standard AW Dynamite match. I think lots it's of people a dark match, man. Well, no, that's that's what I was just about to say. I think a lot of people have um issues with the match because it um, spanned from AEW Dark but now as a watcher of AEW Dark and Elevation I'm automatically higher above you in the AEW um, <laughs> fan base so I look down on you scum now and this for me was you know I, I, I saw 
what happened, as they said, on that Monday night show where she hit um, Big Swole with the, the knuckle duster, the, the brass, yeah? And um, therefore... I was ready for this match because I've seen I've seen the history. Now you boys probably you know being being lower than me in the AW fan base, you know. Well, I probably don't think it goes your head or anything, Jack. Jesus. <laughs> but but no, it is is in all honesty one of those classics. As as we've just previously mentioned, if you if you keep up with the other stuff that um not not a lot of people do because you know it's just a lot of squash matches over there. Um, but if you do catch a couple of the stuff over there, then this will be you know you you. It'll be all right, but I feel like if you do, if you don't, um, then it'll be a bit of a nothing match, and I can see it being both. For me, it was just literally was just a nothing special to it, but also it wasn't t- terrible. It just was a bulk standard wrestling match that you you know you could either watch it or miss it. Like either way, I don't think it's gained too much. Red Velvet still looks good, still the breakout star. Um, you know, this was a good victory for her um, in you know what will probably be. Uh, her rise still um, obviously counting the uh, appearance she had with Cody and the toe um, sorry the the toe to toe with Jade Cargill um, yeah with Cody that match so this is kind of building on that and making her you know just look look a bit I mean she's got to be in the top 5 I think they said she's been there 13 weeks or something which is impressive um, and the bunny I don't I like the bunny I wish um, she. It seems like every time I watch the bunny, though, she's the one eating the pin um, or losing. So I might. It'd be nice to maybe see her push. And this is another going back to what I said earlier with private party. It just seems like, you know, it's. It. I don't even know if it's just that faction, but it seems like I don't know how they're getting obviously all these wins on their record and stuff. It's obviously just the squash matches on dark and. Dark Elevation to keep you them relevant. You watch that now, and you're I still not that. even sure how they get all those. No, but that, that, no, because I watch the matches of like the wrestlers. Obviously, I, I don't watch the squash match stuff. But that's the only thing that annoys me is because, and well, let's not let's not go into it too much. But you know the fact that to keep these wrestlers relevant on Dynamite and you know the um, the bigger matches on Dark and Dark Elevation, they obviously have quite a few um, squash matches to keep their names up in that ranking. And that it, I mean. We could we could go on this rant again, but I'm gonna insist we don't. Um, but been down it, this road. yeah, exactly. But the ranking is annoying because to keep wrestlers in the in the limelight, they have to have all the wins. To get all the wins, they have to have these squash matches on dark and dark elevation. What I did like though, and going back to it with Red Velvet, how um it's it's true. I mean, it's worked in her favour in a sense, and I liked the commentators uh, mentioning it. Like she 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 was one of the the wrestlers that grew on dark and dark elevation and now she's dynamite um star and she's doing quite well and i quite like that because it shows that you know as they said you put in the work and you you get up there so that's that's one side of it i do like but um yeah the squash matches are not a bit of me but this match it was okay my question is if this was a dark feud why not have this match on dark it makes dark dark more credible doesn't it if you keep it going i know um like, like, what? I mean, it's what Patrick said earlier about it's a it's a shit time, really. So they're just they don't want to put all the good matches um, on. So they're just kind of what can they put? What can they fill this two hours? And it's annoying because I and I hope when they move why, channel, is that, is that why the last two weeks? Because the week last week was terrible too. I mean, yeah, ter- terrible. Well, we word. we said we last said didn't we? Poor. This was our worst. Um, 
this that was our worst dynamite. We 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 hate and it. This to be is fair. the tender for it now. Yeah. As well. um, like, so is it, that why? Is that is it? The Friday hours are really bad. Yeah. So trash on. I I think so with Patrick. And again, like it's late for us watching it in the UK and um, Iceland and in in America, like it's a 10 p.m. start. And like, yeah. okay, I know the the majority of the audience is going to be like our age, but you also do have quite a lot of young fans. So the reason, again, it looked quite empty tonight is because, yeah, it was a 10 p.m. start and it was going to finish at midnight. It's like, even though, you know, a lot of the fans are our age, you still got to then get home and stuff. They probably won't be getting in through, like, you know, home till 1, 2 o'clock. So that adds to it, which is a shame, but um, that's out of their control, I think. So they've done with it the best they can, um, but it is annoying and it does, you know, lessen the product a bit. And they, I think the only way they can keep it, you know, good is with the promos which we, we we've been a fan of relatively this episode so one of the best pay-per-views i've ever seen was gcw and black label pros two cup stuffed all out weekend in chicago um it would have been all out weekend 2019 and that like started at like midnight <laughs> it finished at like 2 33 a.m in the morning like the crowd there were hot for it so no excuses um but yeah again obviously this isn't a pay-per-view this is a weekly show so yeah, I guess it makes sense. It's just, again, they could have put anything else on here. They could have put, I don't know, something other than, something involving talent that appears on Dynamite regularly, you know, and, um, I don't know, Chris, someone, something with Chris Statlander or Nyla Rose, and then she could have, you know, appeared, she, she was there, obviously, or, um, you know, maybe not Hikaru Shida, maybe she's too big for 10 o'clock, but whatevs. Patrick, anything to add to this? Oh come on! It it, st- it started out quite. I, I think it, it started, started out, out like with the screamer. I was like, "What the fuck did she do when that she jumped true. out of the ring?" Oh my goodness! I was like, "Did she?" That was so close for like being paralyzed completely, and she landed completely fine. I, I was really terrified for a moment. But the match was in general. It was. That's what I wanted to come back like earlier. Where I wanted to come back to, uh, Ellie is definitely improving, but she is like she is too slow. Like in her general ring work with everything, she needs to work on her speed. First of all, on her speed. She is really slow, like half the speed of uh, of Red Velvet. So it's, yeah, that, that, that makes the match also like the whole uh, appearance very, very un-organic, uh, uh, also organic. That's, that's also a problem. So I really did not like the match. Like, although I love Red Velvet, but I really don't like the bunny. I'm completely the opposing force of Jack. <laughs> See, Red Velvet, I think she's still kind of green. Like, I think her problem is she needs to kind of expand her moveset a little bit because she does stuff like that moonsault. She goes to that too often. Like, I, I think not this match, but the last match we saw her in and talked about on this show, um, she, she hit the moonsault three times, three different variations, like one standing, one off the top rope, one off the apron. Also, it's just moonsault, moonsault, moonsault. Because she doesn't, like, she's very athletic, but I don't think she's got a big technical side yet. That said, and that's just her being green, and that's her just got to keep improving, keep training. Um, that said, I really, and someone I noticed during this match especially, I think she's a really good striker. I think she's got, um, she's got a, she's got a future, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a kicker like Miyu Yamashita over in uh, TGPW. I'd, I don't know. I'd like to see, her, I'd like to see her lean into that more. I think she is doing because obviously her. Um, her finishes was a kick, but I'd like to see her kind of maybe do the debray kicks on someone's chest or something, and just um, just really kind of lean into it and make make that more of a thing. But yeah, um, promising. I don't I don't hate the bunny. I I quite 
I think she's all right. I think she's. I think she's. A, she's a good hand, as Cody said about Sean Spears and caught a chair for saying it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, obviously, Red Velvet is where where the money's at in this match. Next up, we had John Silver with the rest of the Dark Order talking about how he had. Well, first off, he he mentioned that Johnny Hungy, um, in case you didn't know. And uh, lets us know that he had a TNT title shot, but he's not eligible to complete, not able to compete. He's he's hurt or whatever. So he's giving his shot to Evil Uno. Um, and Evil Uno says, you know, not going to let you down and blah, blah, blah. And we cut to Miro. First off, he thanks God for his power and gives a shout out to his wife for, be for being hot. Miro's so funny, man. I swear. Um... He uh, says this. This was a bit close to the bone because obviously he's alluding to Brody here and Brody's history with the belt. Says that Evil Uno is too emotionally invested in the title, emotionally invested in something that is not his. It belongs to Miro, but he's gonna, he's gonna, uh, you know, sort that for him right quick. Jack, thoughts on this bit here? First thing I want to start off with, um, you know, yesterday it was um, it was a big day for um, Johnny Hungy. A one. A two, a one, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Johnny Hungy. Happy birthday to you. Woo! Yeah! Woo! Awesome. Right, now that's out of the way. Um, yeah, it was. Um, How old is he? Like 16? I mean, <laughs> that, was, that was actually a hilarious moment they used to have in PTE where Brody used to call him a kid. <laughs> yeah, he's just a kid. <laughs> he's just, um, now, what do I think of this? This was, uh, this was cool. Um, yeah, hit. Miro's promos are always good. Um, I thought, yeah, comedy was great. Uh, well well executed in it. And um, But also, as you said, they're close to the bone with what he said. But, about so, you know, so, sometimes that's about... you. Mean, yeah, that, sometimes that's the good stuff, though. Yeah. Like... I think, I think most. <laughs> I know it sounds bad, but I think there's a lot of wrestlers who love wrestling so much that one of the kind of greatest honors for them is to have their death exploited <laughs> in an angle. <laughs> I think that's that's kind of you know they did it with Eddie and and um, you know sometimes it's really tasteless. Sometimes it's yeah. really tasteless. Other times it's you know it just adds to the emotion, and I think that's what they want. You know, yeah. it's like. You know, it's like donating an organ in a way. Do you know what I mean? Is is that you know something from your passing is then given into the business? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if you can use the emotion from that, I think, I think this will be. I think this will be cool as well because, as I said in the Double Nothing review, Evil Uno got a big pop from the fans, so now the fans. He's are back. really over. Yeah, so that'll be. I think that'll be a really good match, even though he won't win. I think it'll be great, um, and I think the fans will be on his side. It'd be nice if it. Um, he he gets a couple of um, close close down pins that'd be cool but um yeah other than that you know the only l last comment i want to make is did anyone else notice evil uno new mask i, I did look at notice that oh, no, no, really. nice. yeah I yeah did. new mask it looked pretty cool um a lot more detail to it um i think it had a bit more kind of texture to it it seemed a bit more like not just flat i think it had some but yeah check it out that looked cool um but yeah but yeah Next up, we had our main event. What a main event it was. Can you believe... Who would have ever thought, back when we were seeing the kind of shambolic likes of John Moxley and Kenny Omega in a main event, Chris Jericho and all that, all those, uh, those B-tier 
stars that we would one day be seeing in a main event, Nick Comarato and Dustin Rhodes closing a show. Um, let, I'm just going to... I know Patrick's a big fan. I'm a big fan. Let me get this out of the way. I love Nick Comarato. I think he is the possibly the brightest future star on AEW's roster. Keyword there is future, right? I, I love fucking... Alistair Black and did when he first came to NXT but after a few weeks after his debut on NXT I wouldn't say you know as good as he was and as a complete a wrestler as he already was I wouldn't say let's put him in a match on uh let's put him in the main event of Raw do you know what I mean it's just it doesn't work that way and it's just I don't know um anyway going in um oh and Dustin Rhodes for his part I I don't really think he belonged in this either um in 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 the main event to be honest with you um legend that he is Anyway, Nick charges in straight away before the bell um, and does a big press on Dustin into the ring. Uh, the bull rope is on and the bell goes. Dustin hits Nick with the low blow with the rope, like yanks it up around his around his nads area. Uh, Nick chokes Dustin with the rope, uh, like hanging him outside the ring before getting him on his shoulders. He gets reversed. Dustin clotheslines him out of the ring. The action spills over the barricade, and now Dustin is choking Nick with the rope. Um, at this point, Fuego del Sol attacks Nick Comoroto. Um Nick Comoroto is busted open, didn't quite see where. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys, at this point I stopped taking notes. I'm not sure why I stopped taking notes, I just did. Um, so, I'm just going to fast-forward it. The <laughs> In the main event professional right but i think it's quite indicative of of this dynamite as a whole so uh at the end of the match he he being dustin rhodes tied up nick comoroto's legs with the rope for the pin however nick comoroto didn't seem to make any effort with his arms to kick out and that was that anyway uh let's have you guys fill me on on some of the other stuff that went on during this match that i just decided not to not to write down apparently uh let's come to patrick because you are so, a kind of Nicky boy, aren't you? Yeah, I was really, I was really excited for the match. I completely forgot about that, and then it came as the main event. That was actually really cool, like a cool gimmick match, like an old school match. And I thought, yeah, well, like Nick Comoroto, he perfectly fits into that. This old school because he looks like, you know, like an old school wrestler from the '80s, like a complete monster. And I then of course you, Dustin I, Rhodes. I, I called yeah. this match as you know ages ago uh, when Dustin kept getting the bull rope out and Nick Comoroto ate that chair, that wooden chair to the head, I said that's going to lead to him getting the bull rope out, match is going to lead to a gimmick gimmick match and it did, so just just basking in it that's all, carry on so yeah, the the build up is great to it, and I was really looking forward to it. As I said, wow, that's that's great. Yeah, I thought these two are fitting great together. When you see, like, of course, there was no real build up, but like, when you just see both of them, sorry, then when you just see both of them, this is what I meant. When you just see both of them, you're like in a Texas bull rope, and you're like, that looks very promising. I'm very interested. Get me that. And in the end, I have to say, well, that was quite boring and disappointing <laughs> i was i was hoping for more as big as a nick comorota fan as you are would you accept that maybe here there is not enough star power in his name yet to yeah main definitely dynamite? definitely and uh, i also think he wasn't able to show everything it was a quiet it was a pretty quiet match for being a texas bull rope match to what what was really also a thing like dustin rhodes wasn't even bleeding yeah 
that, that was the thing. I was like, uh, okay, that, what's wrong with this match? So I don't know. It it didn't. It did feel off a little bit. Uh, so we are all not super invested. Yeah. It's not a Texas Bull Rope match. Texas Bull Rope match, as they mentioned at the beginning of the match, is where you have to touch all four corners before. Ah, yeah, right. This was yeah. this was just a regular Bull Rope match. Yeah, but still, Bull Rope match is like, yeah, it it, it, it was disappointing. Like it didn't click for me. They didn't have uh, 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 two crazy spots in it. Well, there they... was a table spot, wasn't there? Yeah, but that was just very, very. Uh, actually, uh, I don't know. Sorry, I know I'm cutting you off a lot here, and it's only because no, I it's remember fine. bits that I didn't write down, right? <laughs> so, good. so let me let me just amend my play-by-play -play here. So, uh, Nick Comarato puts Dustin Rhodes through the table, right? Uh, Aaron Sola helps set it up, doesn't he? And then uh, they go in the ring. He rolls him into the ring after the table, and Dustin, they do the one count, right? He he pins him, and Dustin kicks out a one. Now, <laughs> okay. Right, I get what they're going for here because next, um, Dustin did something really big on Nick. I forget what, like he drove his head into the bull rope or he hit a finisher into the bell or something like that. And then Nick kicked out at one. Now, I see what they're doing here. They're trading kickouts at one, right? But, okay, for one thing, I'm not sure I, I buy Dustin Rhodes kicking out at one immediately after being put powerbomb for a fucking table at his age. Do you know what I mean? But that's by the bias. They kick out at one spot, right? I, I think that is for those long-haul singles matches, those wars, those Kenny Omega versus Okada stuff. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't think that's I don't think that spot is kind of meant for this kind of match because this was a short match. Do you know what I mean? This was a, this was a this was a very short match, and it's it's just weird to me because then they're kick, they've got they've got Nick kicking out a one, and then being pinned like a few a couple of minutes later it just it just didn't feel like a natural build to a finish for me and like i said i mean they're probably going to get out of that by saying oh dustin was clever and he tied him up but no he tied up his legs but if you go back and look he makes no attempt at, at moving his arms he doesn't even struggle he doesn't make it look like he's struggling he's just laying there like a turtle on a shell you know turned over like with his with his arm arms around dustin he make you know makes no attempt to get his his shoulders off the mat and it's just um just weird but yeah sorry i cut you off there patrick no, it was a good, good, uh, good input here to, to the match where there was not, yeah, it, not a lot happening also for me. Like the things you mentioned, and maybe this is why it cut you over. So because there wasn't a lot happening for having that special stipulation, and it also shows uh, that the dynamite wasn't that important. That they just throw a match without real build up. Maybe it was build up on 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 dark or dark elevation, but just throwing it in there and uh, also doing. Uh, a feud from two stables which are not main event stables right now or them yeah the feud is not them. yeah completely so this is like a no-go but still i think nick comrade is something for the future i completely agree oh, yeah. here he's he's huge he looks great he's just like uh, i i just love his looks and also his movement in the ring we saw that in the john moxley match but not here he wasn't able to show that he was a little static i would call that he didn't he was on a rope, do a nod <laughs> yeah yeah but that's just like you know you could you can show something with it still we saw that in the past but and also the match was way too short for a special stipulation like come yeah. on and like i said it's way too short for doing the kick out of one spot isn't it yeah that also that it, it, i didn't get that as well i was like oh wow that was something but yeah for me Jack. like real bad thing jack jack who wants a surname jack mcginger what's going on what do you think of this match um i really don't have much to add i mean it 
I think we're all underwhelmed um, with this. I think that's the word I'd use. Little build-up. I mean, there was some build-up, to give them credit. I mean, you had that moment in, um, was it the Battle Royale? They had a moment, didn't they? And um, there's yeah. been a couple of times where obviously Dustin's been out with the um, the bull rope and they've had, you know, they've had moments, but not nothing, you know, nothing enough to warrant a main event. Um, it's just the, the continuing war they think we want between the uh, the Nightmare family and the factory. Worst feud um, in the year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just... I don't know who decided this was a good idea. I mean, it's fucking Cody in it, and he can just do what he wants. Fucking, I'm pretty sure at this point. I mean, <laughs> favorite take from our double nothing review, just him, and I've still got the image in my head of him just masturbating to himself in a mirror. I um, and I think I, he, I can't believe he added the American flag to his fucking entrance. For honestly, me. the less we talk <laughs> about um, yeah, this the better. But underwhelmed is the word I'm going to use this match. It had a lot of potential um but they just rushed into it and wasted it on a on a dynamite that you know felt like a waste a missed opportunity for the um fallout episode i you know i i think the factory in particular are just evidence that you can have good rest and team taz as well at a certain point maybe not so much now they're kind of picking up a bit but both kind of evidence that you can have really good wrestlers in the stable and it means jack shit and then still be a bad stable. Do you know what I mean? Like Nick Comoroto, very promising. Antonio Gogo, very promising. Aaron Solo is there. I, you know, I, I have no strong feelings about him either way. Um, but like Team Taz as well, they really stagnated for a bit and they've obviously got fucking Brian Cage. They got Ricky Starks. They got Will Hobbs. They got, I mean, Hook hasn't wrestled yet, but he's, he's, even he's a meme. Do you know what I mean? So like, uh, managed by an absolute legend who we all love. You can have people who are individually brilliant, but we were really sick of Team Towns for a while there. Um, so, you know, you can have all these, you can have all these components, and it still not make a great stable. And that's that's what the factory are like. You know, even even if you took out QT Marshall, who is an absolute fucking fun vacuum, um, <laughs> then you'd still have a pretty shambolic uh, stable. They're just. They're not fun. I'm bored. It's boring. And the Nightmare Family as well are boring me. Like, and so a feud between the two is just change the channel material. But yeah, fun way to end the show. Um, we've already talked about our match of the night, so I guess I'll give you my shocker of the week. Which I mean, there's so much to choose from. Um, I think. I think I will give it to a non-match though, and I think I will give it to Andrade's debut. So insert scream here. <laughs> you agree, guys? Just because of how much wasted potential it was, I yeah, I think I do. I think you know, there's a lot that you could have given it to, but I think that because of the potential it had, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, why don't uh, why don't my friend? I say friend. He's he's a bro- he's become a brother of sorts to me as well, Jack. Why don't you um, why don't you uh, give us the rundown of next week's matches? Oh yeah, so next week's card, right? Um, I totally found this on my own doing. Um, also, there's someone noisy outside, so boy I mean, racers. Can you hear that? Deep. Can you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, that's proper loud. That's happened. Fast and Furious, Birmingham. Honestly. Birmingham Drift. Honestly, the Birmingham version of Fast and Furious, yeah. Um, Fucking Ford Focus all souped up, racing a Subaru (laughs) 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 Impressor. Right, anyway, uh, next week's card. So, we have a 
match for the TNT Championship, Miro, the current champ, is going to be facing the challenger, Evil Uno, from Dark Order. We have a six-man tag team match between the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler versus Death Triangle, Penta and Pac, and Eddie Kingston. And we also have a tag team match between um, Adam Page and Preston Vance versus Team Taz, with the specific members being Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs. And that, I believe, is all. All that's been announced. All that's been announced so far, but obviously... What are you looking forward to most, Jack, out of those three? Oh, that is a good question, Tom. I mean, to be fair, I think they all look decent matches. The one I think that is going to... That's going to surprise us all is... Let's go for... You know what? I'm going to go for that tag match between Adam Page and Preston Vance versus um, Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs because we liked the Adam Page versus Brian Cage match at Dublin Nothing. Preston Vance has been really a uh, future star in my eyes and has been pulling out some good performances. And um, yeah, Powerhouse Hobbs is the only one that I've not really got too much to say in this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it and hopefully he pulls out back. That's my most looked forward to one. That's what I'm going to go for. Mine too, because I think it's the least predictable. Um, mm. I mean... Yeah, because you know something's going to go down with... See, you would think maybe Preston Vance is there to eat the pin, but you think something might go down with um, with Team Taz, which would lead to them not winning. So there's that. Whereas the other one, I mean, the TNT title match, as good as it will be to see Evil Luna and see over he is with the crowd, see him in that position and whatnot, uh, it's a predictable outcome. And... Um, what even was the other match? I've forgotten it already. Oh, yeah, the Young but the Trios match. Yeah, Brandon Cutler's going to eat the pin there, I assume, especially with... Um, with the, Did the Young Bucks win this week? I've forgotten the show already, Jack. The Young Bucks... Young, Young Bucks, Bucks won, won, won yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I think... So I think especially in the conditions that they won under with Brandon Cutler helping them win, that he'll probably eat the pin. So I'm going to go for, yeah, the tag match, because the, the regular tag match, because it seems the least predictable. Patrick... Same as you guys, also because there's a storyline behind it and we might see a, a turn from Brian Cage against Team Taz. Exactly. Very much the most excited. So that just bring about brings us to the end of our show. I would do less important shows, but I think we might not have less important shows because has anyone watched anything? I've, I've watched some Impact. Um, yeah, there's All some... right, then let's do less important shows. Hit the jingle. Less important shows. You've watched some Impact, Jack. Yeah, and there is actually some um, exciting news, which I'm not sure if you boys will be aware. So, the latest going on in Impact, there's a lot obviously going on at the moment, but I'm going to go to the highlight that involves, involves our boy, um, Kenny. So, the latest, um, and I'm sure you guys remembered, that there was um, going to be a Moose versus Kenny Omega match at, and I can't remember what the uh, pay-per-view is going to be, but essentially it was going to be a Moose versus Kenny Omega match. Now, Slamversary, surely. That, I think it was, what, it was Slamversary. Now, um, someone came into the equation. Um, so our boy that we we like over at Impact, Sammy Callahan, coming in oh. saying basically, you know, he deserves to be up there as well. Um, you know, fighting his cause. Oh, I like where that's going. Yeah. So they um they had a they had a match this week on um, Impact. You know, a little um, okay, whoever wins this match gets Kenny at um at Slammiversary. And as you can imagine, in what seems to be the true fashion at the moment, Kenny matches, there was no winner. Actually, that's, that's a lie. Actually, was it a lie? But yeah, long story short, it's heading the way of a triple threat, which I'm, I'm actually for because... Because it, they're their two biggest stars. Yeah. Sammy Callahan and Moose are the two biggest stars on, on Impact right now. Yeah, and um, if they're going to have if they're gonna have Moose take the title off Kenny, 
I prefer it in their own match. This means Kenny gets the title longer, therefore, you know, making him look stronger. Um, and it doesn't, you know, make Moose look bad. I could see, obviously, Sammy Callahan eating the pin in this one. So then it saves, yeah, as I said there, Moose yeah. to be like a big guy. And then they can have a future match where it's like, well, that, we, I didn't properly get my hands on you. And then that's when Kenny can lose the belt. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. That seems to be the main one at the moment. I don't know if you guys knew as well, um, Finn Juice lost the titles. Um, that's I mean, good. I was going to watch. Uh, I was going to watch Under Siege because I hadn't found out a single spoiler. But because of events today and things getting in the way, I wasn't able to watch it. I was going to watch it today, so that's yeah. on me. Um, so, I had, um, but I knew, I knew I'd find out about stuff once. Yeah. Time. So it's um, Violent by Design are currently tag champs. It was it was Good Brothers versus Finn Juice. Finn Juice retained, but then there was um, one of them Impact's basically version of Money in the Bank. Uh, they came in Violent by Design and basically handed whatever it was over, I can't remember, the equivalent, and got the match straight away. And obviously, Finn Juice lost it there. So yeah, some cool stuff going on, Impact. That's probably what I'd say I, I am enjoying um, a lot. Also, our mate VJ in um, the wrestling chat recommended uh, the Josh Alexander versus TJP match, um, which man, was a 60-minute no, Ironman. Yeah. yeah, so they only showed, I only saw like the last 10 minutes they showed on actual Impact. But there is um, on their YouTube channel behind the Impact where the rest of the match is. So definitely go check that out. And um Yes, that's your little impact update, which um come back next week for because you know I'm enjoying impact and I can keep you up to date. There's lots of cool things. Are you going actually over watching there. the whole show now? No, I I've got basically a cheat way. I get up the what they Bleacher Report do like a grade system, and yeah. anything that's rated like B or above, I'll pay attention to. Anything that's rated below that, I'll just read. Um, Do you see the spoilers though when you do that? No, because I go down in order, so I'll, so it will it will give um the grade before it tells you who the result was uh, so i see and i'll be like it's a b okay i'll watch that and then um it'll, if it's like a c i'll be like oh, okay and i'll just see and read because the see the analysis so yeah that's why it, it was like an a or a b you, you you watch the whole thing yeah look at you your little your little journo doing your <laughs> doing your research on, well you know uh, you got i'm on a podcast now i'm big time i'm famous in ireland spain canada usa all, all germany the best places. <laughs> exactly um, Speaking of which, this is a good segue just to remind people we still have unclaimed one future <laughs> Anthony Ogogo t-shirt for anyone who can prove that they live in New Jersey. Send us your proof in to... This is going to be so random if people haven't been listening long term. <laughs> Fuck it. Ignore it. Just just go with the flow. You live in New Jersey or you either live in New Jersey, resident of New Jersey, even visiting New Jersey. Stand by a sign. Anything you want. New Jersey license plate. Don't care. <laughs> Send it in to WANK Podcast on Twitter or Instagram or WANK Wrestling at gmail.com. Just had to get that in there. Um, yeah, no, uh, excited excited to see where things go with, with, uh, with Impact. Thank you for that, Jack. I had something else to add, but I've forgotten it, so. I have something else to add. The new Dark Side of the Ring episode was there really good. Go. Did you guys see that? No, we still we still have to start. We haven't seen ah, the okay. first season. Uh, so this episode was about Grizzly Smith. So I don't know if anyone of you knows Grizzly Smith. I didn't know that it was the father of Jake the Snake Roberts, and also uh, Sam Houston and Rock and Robin from like from the eighties from WWF. 
And uh, yeah, it's it's a very disturbing episode. They actually have a trigger warning before the episode starts because it's about child abuse and incest and everything. So it is really fucked up, I can tell you. And also, I saw the first time that Jake the Snake Robert's real name is Aurelian Smith Jr. So that was uh, also quite interesting to see. But uh, I'm just not going to tell too much about it. But it, it is quite disturbing and you can... Uh, see why uh, Jake Roberts is that fucked up person that he is right now um, yeah what, what's his what's his um, name again Patrick just remind me Aurelian Smith Jr okay it's just in case we do another wrestling quiz Tom pulls it out <laughs> I've got that just for future reference do you know, in the do you know what I like that Jack said you didn't say what's his name you said what's his surname and then his surname was the most common surname what's that what's that odd exotic surname you just said then Smith no 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 I, I, I did say name I did say name I didn't say you surname you said surname no, run, it I didn't. run it back listen afterwards you'll see I, right. if, if you're right I'm going to look like a right dickhead now anyway um that just about brings our show to a close. Been a da, 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 da. There was one big thing happening this week we should talk about, and it's the firing of seven, no, six You're wrestlers correct. at the WWE. Yes. So I'm just going to drop the names news, in there. Right? Yeah, yeah well, maybe maybe it's it's not AEW news, so it's yeah. okay if we talk about it in the end. But we can talk about, of course, about the potential for the for AEW. So I'm just going to throw out the names. Uh, Braun Strowman. Buddy Murphy, Woo! Santana Garrett, Lana, Ruby Riot, and Alistair Black. What so are just, we gonna make out of this? Well, I just want I just want to disclose there that I wasn't cheering Braun Strowman being fired when I went woo. I was trying to whistle because that was a big one, but then at the last minute I decided that probably wouldn't come across well on the mic, so I just made a woo noise instead. <laughs> but not Don't cheering Braun Strowman now. losing a job, just was like at uh, Braun Strowman being fired. Um, yeah, as Patrick said, what do we think of this? I will not hog the mic. Jack, what do you think of this? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest, just for a selfish reason, I get really excited seeing who's 5 WWE because this is where my dream booking hat goes on. Um, I'm going to keep it brief. Put the, put the hat on. Put the hat on. I'm going to keep it brief. Jack, no, Jack, um, I want you to mind putting a hat on. No one else can see it, but I can't. Sorry, on, okay. So there's a couple of names I really like to see in several different promotions. Um, we'll go for Impact. I'd like to see Ruby Riot in Impact. I think that'd be cool. I think she could fit in quite nicely. I know Tom's got a different opinion, which he'll say. Um, I do. <laughs> but I think that'd be cool. Um, Lana, I'd like to see an AEW. I'd like to see her uh, teaming back up with Miro. I think that'd be cool. Um, and he's pretty much like a lone wolf, so it could work um, as, as it did in WWE. Um, Alistair Black. We all want to see over an AEW, don't we? Let's be honest, that'd be a cool dream. Oh, um, and I did see a nice little bit on Reddit saying he he he, he kind of looked like he'd fit in with Butcher Blade and the Bunny, which could be an interesting take. Um, it was a cool picture. They and there we have then a real stable, like with go. a leader. There you go. That would exactly. be great. Good um, point. So that'd be cool. And yeah, then Braun Strowman. I personally would like to see him in New Japan. I know, again, Tom told us in the group chat this week uh, that um, he was hating pretty much on AEW. Um, so why should we, you know, bring him in when he, he doesn't really like us? But I think he a differing kind of promotion being New Japan, obviously being a more sports style. It'd be interesting to see, you know, what he does over there. In my opinion, Do they need uh, another bad luck Farlow. True, um, and in that <laughs> sense, maybe he'd be cool somewhere else like Impact. Um, but yeah, no, some some big names, there, massive names. Uh, Braun Strowman literally was just in like the title picture not long ago, like a couple of weeks ago. Um, so a main event, and so really out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, for selfish reasons, makes me very happy. Looking forward to seeing who goes where. 
But yeah, no, I think um, Alistair Black, AEW, gotta be, isn't it? I mean, that's the one everyone's calling for. Uh, Lana also, AEW, is a no-brainer to join up with Miro. Um, even mentioned his hot wife on uh, on the thing. It will be very jarring to hear her talk in American accent because I can't see her keeping the 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 Russian gimmick up in a in a should we call it a post kayfabe company like AEW, you know? Um, so that it would be very odd if she kept that up. Um, as for the others, you mentioned I had a different idea for Ruby Riot. I'd quite like to see Ruby Riot or Heidi Lovelace, as she is called, show back up in Stardom because she was um, because she was in Oedo Tai, uh, which is like supposed to be the de facto main heel faction in Stardom. Uh, however, they're just not feeling like that at the moment. Pretty much the only person they've got kind of worth their salt since Kagetsu left is um, is Konami. Um, so they're really kind of short on decent talent, but they have a they have a clown, like basically a female doink the clown, called uh, Fukujin Death. <laughs> um, so you know, do with that what you will. But I no, I do think. I mean, I know that um, Tom from the group who also watches Stardom disagrees with me, but I just B Priestley left, didn't she, to join WWE, and that was that was their gauge. I mean, that was her gimmick was a top gaijin. So uh, they they have no gaijin wrestler at the moment. So. I mean, no, you wouldn't really count uh, Julia because she's half Italian, so she's half Japanese, so and she speaks Japanese fluently, so she's she's not a gaijin. But um, yeah, no, Ruby right back there. The only problem is they sign people to exclusive contracts, so she wouldn't be able to wrestle anywhere else. So that's probably deter her in this kind of age of you know people popping up everywhere. Um, Braun Strowman. I, yeah, I wouldn't like to see him in AEW for the simple reason that I wouldn't believe he actually cared about the company. I, and I don't... I'm not being bitter about him. I don't hold any... Because he was... Him and Baron... You know, Baron Corbin is kind of king of the kind of anti-smark movement, the kind of hate AEW... You know, irrational hate towards AEW movement. Um, and and him and Braun Strowman both followed like a really hateful Twitter account, which, which name I won't give because I don't want to give any kind of platform to them. Um... But essentially, it was just it revolved around just like you know, the, it, taking the piss uh, quite mean spiritedly out of um, you know fans and stuff, and um, just just from some of the stuff he said, like he he went in on Evil Uno, um, like for asking people to support indie wrestlers and stuff. Um, you know, saying he was begging for hangouts and stuff, and he just took every opportunity to just kind of go in at AEW. So, I mean, he it's not, like I said, it's not hard feelings. I don't want to, like, not see him because of that. I don't want to see him just because I don't want to watch someone every week and think they hate me as a fan and they hate the the promotion they're wrestling for that I love. So why why would I... Why, why do I want to see you wrestle? I don't want to see you wrestle. Um... Not for that company, at least. I'll watch them other places out of interest. Um, I'd like to see... You know, I want to see... I, I'm, I'm happy to watch him wrestle for a company that he believes in and he loves. Um, regrettably, because of his background and he didn't have an indie wrestling background or anything, I don't really think there is a company that he feels that way about yet, um, other than WWE. So, I quite. I mean, I'd quite like to see him maybe pop up in NWA. That'd be quite interesting. Um, I think it'd be quite a good fit there. Maybe MLW. Um, or, as you say, New Japan. Although, I think Murphy... Murphy should be uh, New Japan bound, in my opinion. Patrick, uh, I've gone on, I've waffled on a bit. Is there anything you would like to add about where you'd like to see people turn up? I think you all just just brought it clearly up. So I also want to see Alistair Black in uh, AEW because this would be 
good fit. So you you shouldn't just sign like everyone who's uh, who's going to go, releasing uh, getting, getting released from WWE. But uh, yeah, like I said, Alistair Black Lana would fit perfectly. Also with Braun Strowman, you made a really good point that uh, he's not that. He never was an indie wrestler, and he also he, he also wrote like, just like yeah, look at me, I made it to the top, but he never was at the bottom. So he just really made it just straight to the top, and it's fallen down from there. So let's see how he's gonna make in the indie world. Yeah, uh, Ruby Riot. Yeah, when you're saying she was good in Stardom, then I also would like her to be there, but also maybe still on the American market because or yeah, like on the international that. market. Maybe maybe both like a split contract agreement wherever she's happy also like an impact i can see her there the women's division is maybe more fitting for her um but let's see what what kind of gimmick she uh, will have after after that so yeah yep. that's about it and and murphy wherever he will fit in like i have to say and, and don't know what he, where he was before uh, before nxt and uh, also the other guy completely forgot who, who that is so or i actually don't know who that is so Wesley Blake he partnered with and we totally didn't just pause the podcast and Google that. Do you, do you remember him and they feuded with Enzo and Cass and Enzo, and Enzo always called him Frosted Flake Wesley Blake. Patrick? Yeah, it was just, who was the manager now? I forgot her name. She's now on the Alexa main Bliss. roster. Alexa Bliss. She was her, their manager. Yeah, the only yeah. <laughs> the only one who made a career out of and this they used tech to, team. They used, yeah. to come out, they used to come out doing frog hops to dubstep. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just jumping over each other's And back. I think they lost their title to uh, the Revival. Yeah. I think it's the Revival. And then, yeah. Oh, was Fuck it? the Revival. Fuck the Revival. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a good time, tag team wrestling-wise, in NXT oh, back yeah. then. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, didn't, I never liked uh, Connor and Victor, the Ascension. And no, I mean, ev neither. evidence now by the fact they're on, like, a really fucking indie, proper indie, like a, like a, bingo hall indie um yeah not, yeah not a good indie but i just miss american alpha before they were american alpha to be honest oh, when they gosh, got yes. when they became a team and <sighs> such a big loss. yeah yeah everything was great about it ready willing gable come on that was just catchy and uh maybe that's that's the thing i just don't hope it because i know he, he just became a father and I just love him, wish him all the best, but if they next time release people, if Chad Gable is there, please just bring him to N NJPW or AW. He's such a good wrestler. Like, uh, probably more NJPW. Like, really, this this would be yeah. so perfect. I would love to see him there instead of just being somewhere under mid-card Saturday night main event show, which no one watches, really. So much, so much potential on that, lad. Right, that just about brings us to the end of our show. You guys had fun. Yeah, more fun yeah, than not... watching watching Dynamite. Really, yeah. <laughs> it was a good one for sure. I I concur. Well, with that, all we have to leave you with is some a few outtakes, including uh, including Jack's Jack having a very interesting take on what was it, Jack? It was it was my take on Dynamite comparing it to drunk sex. This Dynamite and this time is the equivalent of when. You have drunk sex. You really don't want to pull out the good moves because you're too fucked. You just want it over with and you want to get, you know, you just want to get the job done. So you put in, you don't even do foreplay. You just go straight in to the good stuff <laughs> and then you just finish as soon as so you can go to sleep. That is what this dynamite was doing. 